Well, hello and welcome to episode 10 of Three Point Podcast. Our sponsors tonight include Rivals Tap House and Grill, the area's premier sports pub and the spot to be for March Madness and St. Patty's Day. Also on board is the Corona Connection and our podcasting headquarters, Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fatale of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5. On the phone is Matt Burns of ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, and Jared Fatale of WJSZ Radio is right here in the studio with me. Well, also be joined again tonight by Jack Strap and his different take on the world of sports. And also with us here this evening is football analyst and radio DJ Bart Matthews. Our three topics tonight, we're going to get into some college hoops. We'll also get into a little Olympics and uh, we'll go a little pop culture tonight. We'll talk concerts and music and see what uh, what we got going with that. But first off, let's start and uh, get into some yeah. college hoops. So, so right off the bat, I just want to thank God that I did not jump to conclusions on Sean Miller. <laughs> he, here, not to go on a tangent here, but when I looked over this article and heard some talking heads sort of talk about it, I, re- I realized there's not really much substance to this report. No direct quotes were taken from this uh, FBI phone call. Honestly, if I look at it, what I think really happened is that Sean Miller just, he t- was talking to an, a, po- a potential agent who wanted DeAndre Ayton to uh, work, I don't know, work under him, I guess. Well, how would you consider it? What's an agent? Do you consider the player working under him or working with him? He, he works for the player, actually, okay. to he get him a deal. The yeah, yeah. yeah. you like, well, like t- a certain percentage or whatever. So well, that's what I, th- I think that this agent was trying to get it in with Ayton by saying to Sean Miller, you know, I'll give you $100,000. And that... Obviously, Sean Miller's not a saint, if that's the truth, but that's far from what we're looking at right now where people are saying that his job should be gone and that he's, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's his, there's been multiple talking heads like Dick Vitale who are, like, calling for his head, basically. Exactly. So that's just where I'm thinking, I don't think that this report was entirely true. I think it was more of just jump to conclusions here, and until I for sure hear this phone call or see more facts, I'm going to believe that Sean Miller has been wrongfully accused. Yeah, it's interesting to me because... You know, the, the report was put out by Schleyball with ESPN, and, you know, he never really said that. He, he never said he heard the calls, or, you know, he, he never cited anything very specific, just just sources and stuff like that. So, so I, like, I'm left to wonder, did he have bad sources, or did whoever his sources are, did they give him bad tips, bad information? Because when you hear that the FBI did this in, in investigation and found this information, did these wiretaps or whatever – it's, it's really hard to question something that says it's an FBI investigation. But then when you read the article and it's just uh, Schleyball talking about his sources and stuff like that, you wonder, you know, who are his sources? Like, where did this come from? It, it's all really strange because, like you said, Vital, Billis, um, other guys are saying they're still, they still think it's true. They still think this report is, is factual. Um, but we, until we hear those phone calls, until we know exactly what's going on, you got to wonder. Yeah, I think it's too early to jump the gun and say Miller's innocent for sure. And I, I was just going to throw out here in Bart, I think you studied some journalism in your day. I mean, how do you come out with a story like this if you don't have multiple sources confirming the facts you put out there? Well, something like this, too. It's not like you're in a rush to be first. You know? right. It's not like the 24-hour news cycle like you see with uh, the networks competing against each other. They have time to source this. But what's troubling to me is we've got wiretaps for something like this. I know. <laughs> the, you know, does there's like a special FISA court to find out who's receiving improper benefits? I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. I, that is a good point about the whole 24 hours news cycle because if it's if it's his specific sources, he could have waited until he had the full story, direct quotes, uh, the the phone call could I don't know if they're allowed He's to release no the phone call. Yeah, exactly. What what's even more confusing about this whole thing is that they said the phone call took place in 2017. Aiton's been committed to Arizona since 2016. So that's where I don't get mm-hmm. that doesn't add up. I yeah, but I mean that that stuff though is you know that guys flip last minute all the time. I mean there's guys. I mean there, there's guys that are committed to whatever school it is, and then last minute all of a sudden on signing day they put on a different hat. It's just weird too because Miller sat out that that first game that Arizona had after the reports came out. I almost feel like that was like precautionary. Like let's just sit out a game and maybe figure out what's going on. But then Arizona's come out and. They're completely backing him. They're putting, they're putting every, they're hitching their wagon to Miller. So I mean, they're almost saying that they don't believe one word of this. I mean, Miller came out and said it's defamatory, and he's saying that this is just all false. So I mean, they're they're pretty like emphatically saying that it's a false report. So what happens if in a year, two years, whatever, 
going to be, it comes out that it's true. Then it, it kind of makes them look like idiots. But to, to the other side, I mean, if, if it does come out that it's false, then it makes uh, the reporter look like he's kind of an idiot too. So I don't know. It, it's pretty interesting. Is this going to stay the hot story heading right into March Madness, or is this going to kind of fade away in the background a little bit? I think it's already fading to what you've seen it with uh, Jabari Parker. What do you do? Paid forty dollars, and it's it's already basically and over. Bridges paid forty Bridges, bucks. Yeah, Bridges. Yeah. Not I, why do I always confuse those two players? Bridges. Yeah, he paid forty dollars, and it was already over. So I basically it's already kind of been forgotten about, other than the Sean Miller thing, which yeah I think could be forgotten about pretty soon as well if he comes back to coaching. Yeah, I think part of that is Arizona. They're not really like a title contender. So I mean, if they were, you know, like Michigan State has a legit chance to win a national championship this year so so that's why if, if reporters keep bugging Izzo about it then yeah it'll stay a story but with with Arizona I mean they're gonna they're gonna kind of fade away who knows if, I guess they could make a run but I, I doubt they make a run to the title so I'm sure it's gonna go away but it's one of those things that I, I don't know like are people trying to jump to conclusions too fast probably but when you see something that an FBI did this investigation it's just, it's hard not to jump to conclusions with that. And and like we've talked about on this podcast, we all know that college basketball is as, as dirty of a sport as, as there is. So when you hear stuff like that, you just assume it's true. Yeah. Any any theory at all on who the source would be putting this together with the FBI and the and the whole uh investigation? No, I mean I is it just a buddy or you know, or is it just some, some local beat reporter that that uh Schleyball knows and Right. Somebody that's trying to recruit Shaquille O'Neal's kid or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He, he didn't hesitate too long, did he, to make it's a new yeah, decision? Yeah, to UCLA. Steve Alford all over that. Did you guys, now, sort of dealing with the whole, uh, that Yahoo report, did you guys see like, the, like, the story that came out of North Carolina about Tony Bradley? You probably don't even, I, you I know. really didn't know what is, who he was until. But So here's the story. So, yeah, lay it out there. So Tony Bradley, so last year, not really a big name, but he declared for the draft last year, and he met he meets with an agent after he's declared for the draft, and at when he met met with the agent, they threw him a pizza party. Mm-hmm. The pizza for that pizza party was Little Caesars. <laughs> because because of that meeting, North Carolina w- was in trouble and involved in this Yahoo report. That's just that just shows you how much of a joke this that whole report was and how little that actually meant. So they went for the five dollar hot and ready. Exactly. That's what's what's funny about it. The five dollar hot and ready. Here's the most important question about that. And being from Corona, we all know. <laughs> did he have the orange or the white cheese? That's a Corona thing. So no, I, I've heard that that's like only a Corona thing for some reason. Who knows? We have that going for us, I guess. There you go. I think there's got to be some changes, but it definitely makes the NCAA look even stupider than they already are. I mean, they've, they've got to come up with some, some changes now, don't they, with all this? Or is this, again, going to be a new cycle thing yeah, and disappear? Exactly. I, I feel like it's in swept under the rug. I, I mean, what do you guys think? It seems like it because, like, like with all this Michigan State stuff that's happening, I mean, you would think with the allegations that came out, it's some pretty major stuff that came out. And what that was just a few weeks ago, and it's not even it's not even being talked about anymore. So, right, it's just it's just you know that that's how today's news is is what's what's happening right now. Well, let's let's talk a little uh, basketball instead of uh, scandal in basketball. Of course, the Big Ten tournament going on. We're recording this on Thursday night. What do you guys think overall? First of all, on uh, Michigan and Michigan State's chances as they fine tune getting ready for the tournament, and also, what do you think about uh, the tournament being in Madison Square Garden? I don't know what the <laughs> attendance is going to be like as we get into the weekend, but it's horrendous yeah. right now. Did you see, it was like a dollar and fifty cents to get in for the doubleheader. Was like it really? last night? Wow. Yeah. Dollar and fifty cents gets you in in Manhattan, <laughs> and they played with so much of the regular season schedule to be able to book it at yeah, the Garden is the problem. Exactly. I mean, they did so much messing around with that. Now, is it is it a bad thing or a good thing maybe to end your season a week early? I mean, there's some pros to that, isn't there? Yeah, we're kind. Of, they've kind of we like the Big Ten's kind of been a buzz this week, but I feel like all the buzz we're gaining is just going to be drop off when no one talks about you for an entire week before Selection uh-huh. Sunday. So that's kind of what I think about it. That's definitely one of the pros that I saw is that people said, well, you basically have the weekend to yourself as far as college basketball goes. So, I mean, there is that, but right. Like you said, now after this weekend for a week, no one's going to talk about who won the Big Ten tournament, really. So, I mean, and, and the teams, you know, people are saying like that that's a good week of rest that you can get, the teams can get. But sometimes that's a bad thing at this time of year. If a team's rolling, 
you don't want to take a week off. You know, and I also know that uh, our friends in East Lansing and Tom Izzo, I guess he's not going to talk about the bad stuff over there anymore. He's finally made that clear. He's talking basketball, and that's all it is. And I think good for him for that. I mean, that's his job right now is to win a national championship, and it, you, you, got, you can't talk about all that other distraction stuff. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, that's another thing that's sort of just been swept under the rug. What's Is that over? Is that still is that investigation ongoing? What's going on with that? Is any we, No one's heard. Right. That's the problem. No one's heard. Well, no, the, the investigation is still ongoing. That's the thing that, that kind of like the headlines, you, you read the headlines that Bridges was cleared by the NCAA, so you just think like that means everything's in it, everything's done, that's it. But really, all, all that really happened was he was cleared by the NCAA to play. They didn't say necessarily that he was innocent. He paid that little $40 fine, but like they're, they're still investigating, so stuff could still come out. They basically just said, like, it's up to you, MSU, if you want to play him. If we find something in a year, two years, three years from now, you're going to have to take some banners down. But if you want to play him right now, go ahead. So, I mean, that's kind of the decision that was made. And, and Izzo has come out, Bridges, all, all of MSU has basically come out. And same, same thing as what Miller was doing, said all this is false. And so they're saying that, I mean, they're saying that they're, they're going to be fine. So I think a lot of it, too, is they would rather go on a Cinderella run right now, have some fun, make a lot of money, and win a tournament, and take banners down later than have Bridges and other guys sit out and get bounced in the first round. Well, I think that's the only way you can go. I yeah, mean, well, the, the, there, there's no other no other choice. Well, Matt, if you, would you, being a Michigan fan, would you, like with the whole Fab Five thing, would you rather have the, those guys sit out and us lose and, you know, the round of 32 or have those banners taken down? No, for sure, because it, it's the same thing. I think we maybe talked about it before that everyone knows, like even Louisville had to take their banners down. Everyone knows that they won that national championship. Reggie Bush won the Heisman, even though he had to give it back. Everyone knows he won that Nash, or the that Heisman trophy. So same with the Fat Five, right? All, everyone remembers the legacy of the Fat Five. I mean, the banners being taken down, that's probably more a personal thing for the players. You know, they, they put in all that work. It probably sucks to see those banners come down. But we all know what happened. So, right, if that, like if you can play Bridges and you can make a Final Four run, yeah, you're going to do that. No doubt about it. And, I mean, you know, the Fab Five – we're never going to forget that bunch. I mean, no matter whether they have a banner or no banner, right? I mean, that was just like Jared's favorite word, electric. <laughs> oh, that was electric. That, I, that was that's why I always tell people that the the two basketball teams that like made me fall in love with basketball were the Bad Boys and then the Fat Five, and I think that that shaped how I played basketball. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> now I'm just kind of curious, Bar, or Bar, are you a Michigan State or a Michigan fan? More of a Michigan fan. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay, I was because I this this whole Izzo and this whole inve- investigation thing, we really, I mean, all three of us are kind of Michigan fans. I think Uncle Ted's probably the most. Yeah, I'm kind of a fence setter on, on basketball. When it comes to football, I'm 100% Michigan. When it comes to basketball, there's no getting around it. I like both, you know. No, I like both with, with football, so, too, but I just happen to follow Michigan and, and just about everything except mm-hmm. hockey, of course. Yeah. Go Ferris. <laughs> cannot, <laughs> cannot stand big six hockey, but that's a different Now, different do you guys podcast. think, is Michigan State going to get the one seed if they if they run the, if they end up winning it, winning this Big Ten tournament, or no? Well, I'll, I'll throw mine out first. I, I Even though the bottom part of the Big Ten is about as weak as it has been in a long time, I think we all agree on that, I don't know how you cannot have the Big Ten regular season champion and tournament champion not be on the number one line. I'm, I just don't see how they couldn't be a number one De- seed. Devil's advocate to that. Yeah, I'm looking at the it. bracket right now. Uh, Ohio State, the number two seed, one of their key contributors is Andrew Dockage. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the number four seed, Nebraska, it's Nebraska. I don't even know anything about them. They can't be that good. I'm going to guess that they're. it's Nebraska. So that, that's my argument to that All right. fact. But they're, they're ranked number two in the country right now, aren't they? I mean, how do you, even if they don't win the tournament, I mean, they're still high. How do you not put them as a number one seed when they're ranked that high, as long as they go deep in the tournament? Right. And, and I look at it as I, I've gone back and forth on this many times on this podcast. It's the eye test. I've watched them play enough. I mean, they got those three big guys down low. They've got a good pair of guards. They've got a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, that's good enough for me. So, sorry, old-timer. It's all about the uh, Ken Palm system nowadays, <laughs> which no one really, like I said before, no one really knows what it is, but that's what we all go by. How many quadrant one wins do they have? That's what matters. Yeah, that you're not. Yeah, you're not asking your seniors talking about the eye test. Yeah, how many quadrant run? How many quadrant two wins do they have? That's what I'm saying. I don't care about that. I mean, I you, I watch them play, and and like Bart says, they're ranked number two. Easily could be yeah. number one. 
something that's more even more important in my eyes than seating for i was like thinking about this you know what really gets you going like in the conference tournament you got to get like a rallying cry we've seen it with like michigan last year with the whole like plane crash oh yeah we saw it with yukon and like cardiac kemba and then we saw it with like uh florida gulf coast where they ended up you know winning a couple games but before that they rolled through the their whatever conference tournament they were in and they were lob city you got if you get a rallying cry it's like your talents like double it's like you're the hulk maybe their rallying cry this year is all these investigations all these allegations stay out of jail stay out of jail <laughs> uh, msu versus the world yeah there you go i don't think you guys realized when i said uh, like talking about sean miller i said thank god i didn't jump to conclusions on miller um if you guys remember last pod actually called him a dead man walking yeah. uh, right when i heard the news <laughs> so i just wanted to say yeah thank god i didn't uh, write him off too quick <laughs> i'll be sure to bring that back sometime there you go all right we'll be getting into more uh, college basketball talk in future episodes for sure but uh, before we get to our next topic i just want to tell you a little bit about the corona connection which is a direct mail paper sent to all of corona vernon and shiawassee county parts of lennon you can pick up a copy of the latest edition at many corona businesses and kroger also also like them on Facebook, and you can view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. Actually, I wanted to ask you something about this real quick. Just throw it on you on throw the spot it out right there. here. I heard a story where you actually pissed off Bo Schembechler, and he called you <laughs> and he called you Ned. Would you mind retelling that story? I just heard about yeah. it today. No, he did not call me Ned. Ned. That, <laughs> he did not call me Ned. That's an Oakley embellishment. But uh, it was uh, it was when he was the president of the Tigers, and uh, they had gotten rid of Ernie Harwell, and he was he made it known he wasn't going to talk about Ernie Harwell anymore. And of course, I asked a question at a press conference Why'd about they get Ernie, rid of Harwell. Ernie Harwell. I don't know. Tom Monahan at that time wanted him out. He wanted to bring in some fresh blood, and thought Ernie was washed up, and it just caused a major major headache uh, PR wise for the Tigers. Do you ever worry about that happening to you? <laughs> I'm sure it's going to happen probably sooner than later. You know, Bo Schembechler at, uh, with the Tigers is like Johnny Unitas with the Chargers. You're it? right about Pretty that. Sad. Everybody loves Bo Schembechler, but boy, you start talking about what he did with the Tigers, and you're like, yeah, it's like Quentin Tarantino is an actor. You know, it's just not cool. It wasn't the greatest. Johnny Unitas fit. has like that classic like Model T uh, throwing form. That's like really the only thing I can recall about Johnny Unitas. But do you want to continue uh, your story? No, there, that's all there is to the story. Really, I mean, it was. It was kind of comical because my brother, your dad, John, was right there when it happened. But no, he did not call me Ned. He didn't have. He had no clue who I was. Ned. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty awesome story to have that interaction with Bo Schembechler. That's a pretty great story. It's well, a better story though if he did call you Ned. You should, you should change that. We'll fix that one in post. Well, there was another story. You know how sometimes you become a fanboy, you know. And I, the very first press conference I ever went to uh, down at the big house, I went with another friend of mine, and we went to the press conference after the game and and this was bold after he just passed kidney stone so he wasn't in the greatest mood this guy i was with kept hitting me in the ribs saying ted you got to ask him a question ted you got to ask him a question and the guy right in front of me used to write for the detroit news jim spadafore and he asked him some question and Bo just ripped into him left and right just just ripped him upside a, a new head and right after that of course i asked my question and it was it was a pretty lame question something about hey Bo, you gonna continue to run the wishbone this is what back when they had Jamie Morris and he looked at me and I'm not lying guys he looked right at me in my eyes and could tell I was some rookie and he gave me the best answer I mean he, he answered the question and and you know treated me like a professional even though I was shaking in my boots I'll never forget that I mean it was just a cool experience no, that's awesome. And you're paid him by asking him about uh, Ernie, Harwell. Ernie Harwell. That did come after that. I kind of felt like, you know, Bo, you know me now. I can throw out other questions. All right, guys, let's uh, let's check in with the Strap family. And I think Jake's on the line right now. Let's see what's up. Hello, guys. This is Jake. My dad will be here in a second. He sprained his ankle celebrating the USA Olympic gold medal for curling. We watched them take the gold live at 3 a.m. last week. To get in the spirit, guys, we played a game I called cocktail curling. We slid our cocktails across our kitchen counter, trying to knock each other's glasses off the counter. And for each U.S. point, we curled a cocktail. And my dad slipped in a puddle of his homemade Alabama slammer. It was a great time, and it was fun, but he did hurt himself. I'm creating an epic T-shirt that will be for sale to honor the team. It says, curl till you hurl. 
Hey, what, what, Dad? Hey. Hey, get, get the heck out of here. Hey, guys, how you doing? It's, uh, it's old Jack here. Yeah, I'm a little bit injured with my ankle, but I'm getting along just fine. Thank goodness I don't have to walk down the stairs and see him too much. Can't get down there. But anyway, yeah, the 2018 Panjang Winter Olympics are in the books. And as Jake mentioned, my highlight was the gold medal curling game. In case you've been living in a cave, people, the Americans led by John Mario Schuster came from behind in dramatic fashion to beat the world's number one ranked team, Sweden, 10 to 7. Now, I know you young whippersnappers like Herod is probably sitting there thinking, that curling is not a sport, but I disagree. In all major sports, hand-eye coordination and mental concentration are common denominators. Shoot ball, in hoop, and you got basketball, see ball, hit ball, and baseball. Throw the ball in a tight window and football, Herod, and yes, you're a quarterback. Slide the stone at just the right speed with absolute precision, and it's called curling, my friend. It takes a mighty big pair of rocks, fellas, to not buckle under that kind of pressure under the Olympic spotlight. Are professional curlers required to be in top physical shape? No, but Tiger first baseman Cecil Fielder and current PGA golfer John Daly are not exactly specimens of good health. Frankly, I sort of chuckle visualizing Daly right now curling with a cigarette in his mouth and a beer can in his left hand as he slides across the ice in his polyester plaid pants. It'd be funny. Anyway... I love curling, guys, in case you haven't figured it out. And Herod, you can curl for the girls, but the real girls right now are all over the curling men from Minnesota right now. Speaking of girls, the women's hockey team also won in dramatic fashion, beating the Canadians in a wild sudden death shootout. Congratulations, ladies. One last comment, guys, before I get off the phone and choke my ankle here. It seemed that every other day during the Wang Chang Olympics, women figure skaters were experiencing wardrobe malfunctions. I've heard that before. I do not recall hearing this in the Olympics past. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, as I've said in the past, but perhaps it was designed to increase viewership. And you know what? Maybe they're on to something. Maybe I'm an old pervert. Well, okay, we know that's true. But can you imagine how many more viewers would turn in to watch the Olympics if wardrobe malfunctions happen more often? So, to open up your mind to the possibilities, Donald Trump and I put together a list of fake news headlines from previous Olympics. From the USA Today, Usain Bolt drops his drawers with five meters to go to win gold for Brazil. From CNN, Michael Phelps exposes an extra flipper to win the 100-meter backstroke. From MSNBC, Innsbruck, Austria, Dorothy Hamill shows her camel in gold medal performance. From the New York Times, snowboarder Sean White really shows his whiteness by mooning a world audience while spinning through the air, exposing his half-pipe. And from the Huffington Post, Lindsey Vaughn wins the woman's downhill with her high beams on. All right, fellas, instead of losing my shirt or pants, I think I just lost my mind. Have a great night, guys. You know, guys, I was wondering if Jack was ever going to give us his, his instant analysis on the Olympics. And he talked about curling a little bit. I'm curious. Have you guys ever done curling? Have you ever given it a shot? I have not. I heard that it, it, it seems, you know, not that I've ever drank. <laughs> wink, wink. But it seems like <laughs> something where, like, if you're in a bar, like, it seems like it'd be something kind of fun to do with your buddies instead of, like, throwing darts. That's kind of what I've always thought about it. Well, you but. know, Bart's our resident Canadian. I mean, you must have curled Bart. I've uh, actually done the broom part of it quite a bit. Yeah, have you? Yeah, now? I've, I've done. I've been. I've been the sweeper. Yeah. Now is that is that sort of like the uh, bitch job, or is that the I, more that, talented that, one? I think that's like the most important thing. I have no idea why they do it. I guess it's to kind of slow it down and make it bite a little bit and turn a little bit yeah. too, don't they? Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting stuff right there. The closest I've ever come to participating in curling is uh, bar shuffleboard. That's that's right. the closest I've been. You know, the worst thing is when I was a kid. We had uh, Channel 9 right. out of Windsor, and my dad would watch that shit nonstop. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? 
oh yeah, this is great stuff right here. <laughs> yeah, my dad was all into it, man. And then he, then he'd watch like the Beachcombers and the Irish <laughs> Rovers and the Friendly Giant and all this just unbelievably horrible stuff they used to have on Channel 9. But I could never figure out this whole curling thing, why people were excited about it. And the Russian guy, they tested positive for roids. Right. (laughs) Unbelievable. Two of them, I think. Yeah. I just, I've never watched curling. I can just imagine it being, like, imagine golf on steroids, like, for (laughs) watching, like, how boring this must be. It's pretty intense. Like, if if you understand what it is, and and I I agree with Ted, one of my favorite bar games is definitely the bar shuffleboard but no man curling's intense we i went there's a club over on the west side of michigan and when i worked at the the local fox station over there we did a story about the curling club and it was we all had the same mindset we were like curling like what the hell is this this is kind of stupid so a bunch of us went and we kind of got into it they gave us some lessons and they showed us what to do i was a sweeper a couple times too and and i slid the rock a few times it it takes a little more athleticism than than what you would think but i mean it's not as difficult as some some of the other sports in the olympics but but no, it's, it's a ton of fun. I bet it's a blast to really do it, but boy, watching it is a special kind of slow, huh? I, I will say this, though, and I might be the nerd here in the bunch on this, but I watched it. I, I didn't know the result. I watched it last Saturday. I couldn't turn the dial. Of course, I think mainly it's because the U.S. <laughs> was the playing for the <laughs> No, I, I actually enjoyed watching it, but I was, I was telling my wife, I still haven't figured out how the heck to keep score here, you know? I, I, I don't know how that goes. Yeah, that's like figure skating. That's Closest always to the center or something. I'm not sure. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, well, if you have three of them in the circle and the other guy has two, do you win? But I, I couldn't keep up with the story. The, the real question is: This is like the classic sports media question. How, how long would it take LeBron James to master uh, curling? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch a lot of the Olympics? I watched. Oh, I I had to. My wife she wanted to watch every bit of it. So not yeah, I watched a lot of it. I, and I, Did I you know, say not not none? a drop. Same here. Same here. I didn't watch any of it. I was really psyched because a buddy of mine from college, his daughter was uh, actually going to be in uh, the halfpipe. Okay. But she ended up getting a concussion during trials and, and didn't make the Olympic team. So I was really stoked mm-hmm. for that. And, you know, with, without NHL that, yeah. players, you know, usually that's about all I watch is hockey anyways. I had a hard time getting even into hockey without the NHL. Even the, even the ladies, the U.S. against Canada, did you see any of that? I didn't. I mean, there was a lot of great highlights from it that I watched, but I didn't actually sit there and, oh, man, i got to watch me some yeah, women's and hockey. And that was on at, like, really late at night. Right. So, I mean, I probably would have turned tuned into it, like, if I would have seen people tweeting about it all the time. That's yeah. a good thing about Twitter. You never right. really miss something, like, when it's in prime time. But, yeah, since it was so late, I didn't watch it. I honestly didn't watch a second of the Olympics. I was locked in. I mean, locked well, in. I should take that back. I wasn't locked in. But when when I watched it, I was locked in because when I watched it, I was tuned into things that I wanted to see. Like any of the snowboarding, any of the skiing events. I I tried to get into the hockey, but like we said before, it was tough for me since it wasn't NHL players uh, playing hockey. But but the curling was great. I, I loved watching that curling stuff. Speaking of Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw that people after the U.S. won, they were people were posting pictures of uh, the the U.S. curling team and saying. They just looked like a bunch of dads who wanted to get away from their wives for the weekend and showed up at the Olympics. Yeah, that was a good tweet. <laughs> I will say this about the Winter Olympics. You know, uh, you know, I'm not into the luge or the bobsled, but I did like the snowboarding events. I mean, I like the one where they race down the hill, and there's five or six of them. Slope at the style. Yeah, slope yeah style. that's pretty neat to watch. I saw, did you see – do you remember Sam McGuffey at all, Ted? Yeah. I saw Matt tweet yeah, about yeah. this. But did you see he was on, like, a bobsled team? Yep. What an awesome guy that was when he originally committed to Michigan. I remember that was, like, the first big-time commitment. I remember that I was probably like, you know, seven or eight. He was like the original YouTube sensation for a highlight reel. I mean, that's like making it sound like it's like back in my day. But I mean, YouTube wasn't like a huge thing. And he made his highlight reel. He was doing backflips over people into the end zone. Yeah. And then Rich Rod, Rich Rod was coming to Michigan. So we knew we would have this, this spread offense and everything. And we get this kid who's flipping over dudes and scoring touchdowns and stuff. That It was supposed to be for real. I thought he was going to win multiple Heismans, and yeah. that just uh, that just didn't pan out. <laughs> Me? See, that's what kind of what I don't get. I was like eight years old, so, you know, seeing a guy jump over a guy, like, I thought that was like the most amazing thing ever. But people, how exactly does that translate as a running back jumping over guys? That was all that highlight was, was him jumping over a few guys. And for some reason, he was like the top recruit in the nation. Yeah, it clearly didn't translate because once he got to Michigan, he had one good game against Notre Dame, and that was about it. So, yeah, it clearly did not translate. He didn't wear gloves, so that's part of the problem. He ended up going to Rice, though, and he had a decent career. He he 
changed to a wide receiver and did have a decent career there. But, I mean, not not anything that anyone expected. But how good of an athlete do you have to be to be a top recruit, go play high-level college football, and then, oh, I don't know, let's see, I'm going to become an Olympian. Even though it is bobsledding, like, it, it's still pretty impressive. I, yeah, I mean, you, you got to give him credit. I mean, he's a great athlete, you know. You see a lot of that, though. Heck, I remember as a kid, Willie Galt from the yeah, Bears was, absolutely. was on the Didn't, box. like, Bo Jackson do something like that? He probably did. Right. Now that you now that you mentioned I mean, he that. probably could have. He I mean, he's always like regarded as the best athlete anyone has ever seen. So I'm sure he could have been an Olympian. I bet I bet he was on a bobsled team at least in a commercial. Remember he had the commercial where he was like Bo a knows. part of all different sports? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bo knows. He was fantastic you know, for I sure. I had a buddy of mine that was on the uh bobsled team in the Sarajevo Olympics. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't an Olympic athlete. He was on there as a sniper. What's that mean? He was there. He was a he was a oh, Navy he was, SEAL. He was there. Oh, protection! That yeah. kind of sniper. He was actually there, but he was on the Olympic team as supposedly as one of the bobsledders. But <laughs> basically, he was just there with a with a long rifle, keeping an eye out. Wow! Yeah, that's pretty wild. And, yeah, and that beats my Bo Schembechler story. You got to imagine in in South Korea, they probably had a lot of guys like that doing that. Yeah. I mean, the security there had to be just nuts. I would think so. Well, before we move on, I just want to tell you about Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the spot to meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on their 21 TVs, weekly food and drink specials, including great burgers, wings, and pizza, along with homemade soup and salad. Rivals Tap House and Grill, located on the corner of Shiawassee at M21 in Corona. Not too far from the deal zone, Bart. The deal zone. Go ahead and give a blatant plug. Well, you know, I can't really give a blatant plug, but I do want to tell you a little bit about March being Truck Month. Oh, is it now? Friend Signature Ford Lincoln. And I'll tell you what, we I, I could not believe some of the deals we're looking at as far as trucks are going right now. If you're looking to lease a truck, you really need to get in there right now because the deal zone, we are making deals. March is Truck Month, and you got to get down there. And it seems like if you want a, a, a truck or an Escape... It's almost like you're just stealing them from us right off the Just lot. giving it I'm, away. Just I'm, giving I'm, it listen, away. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, just giving it away. Just unbelievable deals going on right now in the deal zone. So stop in uh, to Signature and ask for Bart, right? Sure. There you go. Can we throw out one of those things? Stop in, ask for Bart, tell him you listen to Three Point Podcast, and he'll knock $5,000 off your price tag? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might get a free pen. You will get a baseball hat if you mention the three... Three, point, three podcast? point podcast. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move to this last topic for tonight. Uh, again, into pop culture a little bit. I want to get into music and concerts, and let me let me tee it up a little bit, guys. You know, I'm an old hippie kind of. When I first graduated, in fact, before I graduated from high school, the very first concert I ever went to was Uriah Heep at Kobo Arena. Okay, and I my musical taste. Uh, definitely flavor classic rock all the way. All the major con- concerts I ever went to was pretty much classic rock for the most part, other than maybe Charlie Daniels over at the Ionia Fair. Now, Bart, I know you're a classic rocker, and I know you've attended some good concerts in your day. Why don't we start with you? Well, you know, the, actually the first concert I ever went to wasn't really a rock concert. Okay. We used to go see Harry Chapin oh. over at the uh, the Whiting in, in Flint, but the first real rock concert I went to was uh, Iron Maiden mm-hmm. and uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow over at the IMA in Flint. The old IMA. The or... old IMA. The, well, not the IMA downtown, but the one that's Piranha Arena oh, okay. or Dort Federal See, Credit Union. See, I go back Union to the old downtown IMA. The, the old auto world, yeah. Right. So, you know, and the nice thing was back then, I mean, there used to be shows in Flint. There used to be shows in, in Saginaw. There used to be shows in Kalamazoo. I mean, I saw tons of shows up at uh, Saginaw Civic Center. I used to go see punk shows over in uh, the north end of Flint over at the old Ukrainian Hall there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about bands like Black Flag and the Dead Kennedys and uh, Suicidal Tendencies and huge bands that were uh, that would come through Flint. Kind of getting their start at that time? No, they, they were already, they were already legendary. Big. I mean, okay. you know, you'd go into these shows for, for four or five bucks. Right. And uh, basically, it's about the same size as the Knights of Columbus Hall. I mean, that was that was some serious hardcore stuff back then. But uh, as far as concerts, I mean, God, I've I've seen just tons of stuff, tons of stuff. I wanted to talk about something before we get too much into it about the state of music 
because I heard Dave Geronimo talking about this the other day on the morning show, and Matt Bellamy, who's the uh, front man of Muse. Okay. Muse. Muse. I like Muse. Muse. They have, okay. like, one hit song, one hit wonder, but well, it's a great song. <laughs> the no, guitar. <laughs> Can I get? Can I say my? That's just hilarious that you brought them up because my dad he goes he goes. So this is just a classic old old geezer move. He goes, <laughs> I heard this greatest song. He's like, it's my new favorite song. I listened to it like ten times, and I was like, what is it? He's like, uh, Muse Madness. I was like, you know that came out like five years ago, right? He's like, he's like, what? It did. He's like, he's like, I thought I was hip and cool for once. I thought I was going to show you a song. Yeah, I remember when your dad used to call the station up like two or three times a week to request Prince songs. Oh, that's him. You know? And uh, nowadays, it's like we got everything at the uh, at the touch of our fingers. But this Muse guy, uh, Metamusel guy, he's talking about uh, the guitar becoming basically a textural instrument rather than a lead instrument. Oh. And he says, I think that's probably a good thing. As a rock band, as a rock band, not as a pop band, okay. as a rock band, you're slightly one foot in the past playing instruments like guitar, bass, and drums. This wow. Is, this is, he's saying this about rock, not about like... Uh, you know, some of the pop that you might hear on, on most of the radio stations now. But as a rock band, the guitar is a textural instrument. He could be right. I mean, look at what's happened to the world of rock music. I mean, I, we've talked about it before. If you are gonna, if you want to listen to good guitar and drums, it's pretty much country music nowadays, isn't it? I mean, there's some rock acts out there, like Greta Van Fleet. I really like yeah. those guys. I think I, I, I want to go I, see I them. I love how you throw you throw their name out any chance you get. I'm still young, guys. I know one <laughs> band that's popular that. now. They're, they're a th- Throwback group, man. Oh, I mean, they are. That that kid sounds exactly like Robert Plant. Absolutely. I mean, they're an awesome band. They're an awesome band. But, and kind of uh, local, too. Yeah, yeah. I think eventually they're going to be they're going to be singing our theme song is, is what we're working towards. Absolutely. They're going to go right from the Elton John Oscar party to come and record a, a theme song for us. No doubt. Yeah. Do you get <laughs> lyrics yet? Not yet. Jared's going to work on that. Rapping Jack and rapping Jack Strap, putting them together. There you go. How about you, Matt? What what kind of music you like in concert experiences? I was going to kind of piggyback off of what you guys were talking about the old the old concert scene in Flint. Um, I mean, I grew up. My parents grew up in Flint, so um, I grew up listening to classic rock and all, all the similar stuff, probably than that you guys did. And I grew up hearing stories about uh, they would go to the IMA in Cobo Arena and all that, but. One of the coolest stories that I've asked them five, six times to tell me, because it's just so cool to me, um, they went and saw Bob Seger for the first time at Sherwood Forest. I'm not sure if you guys remember that place. Oh, yeah. Bob Seger was just this kind of no-name guy, and it was just, uh, he was getting his start up, and it was just basically like a barn out in the woods. I mean, yeah. it just seemed so cool to me, the setting. Yeah, you know, and, and that Sherwood Forest venue, I mean, you know, Amboy Dukes played there with Ted Nugent, MC5, Mitch Ryder, and Alice the Stooges. Cooper. I mean, the Frost, I mean, they all played there. Yeah, and that's what, like, it was so cool to hear them talk about that, because that's what they said. All all these acts that are now, I mean, like, legends um, would come through Flint and sometimes play Sherwood Forest or, or IMA or whatever, um, but they just said... It, like they they talked about how you it was you know whatever two three bucks to go to the show and when you would go in there would just be like a table with cups of beer sitting out and you could just you know walk up and grab one or whatever and it just makes me think like that that kind of like scene for a concert is so much cooler than what concerts are today like there's no way that you could go to a concert like that unless it was just like some like garage band in some dude's backyard or something like that but i don't know it just seems so cool probably because i'm, I'm a huge bob seger fan probably because i grew up listening to him and you know there, there's the michigan ties but to hear that that story it is pretty cool to hear well you think about some of these venues you know and speaking of bob seger think about what pine knob used to be oh yeah you know a pine knob used to be you could uh dte for those younger your, uh, <laughs> Take your coolers in there, and you know you think about Castle Farms up in Charlevoix, where you'd go up there and pitch a tent at night, and then go to the concert and come back, and Crawl you know back. everybody'd have a big party out in the campgrounds afterwards. I mean, used to be so much different, you know, and I, I missed out on a lot of all that stuff because I was a little too a little young. Too young. But I remember going to Meadowbrook and being able to bring anything in you wanted to, and just kind of being able to chill out, and it was just a real good scene. Before we get too deep, I have to come out. I've never been to a concert, ever. Do you have any but, interest? Any but, interest in it? 
Yeah, I will say, but I, yeah, I had a huge interest back. I remember I was like probably nine or 10 and <laughs> ACDC was playing at oh, Ford Field. Right. And they had a, and we were given tickets, but my dad didn't let me go, which looking back probably saved me from being a complete square. I, <laughs> ACDC is, I, cause that's like sort of, you know, butterfly effect. Next thing you know, I'm the biggest ACDC fan growing up. My whole life's different. Instead of listening to, you know, the rappers of today, I'm listening to, I don't know, what's the guitar player? Didn't he, like, kill himself or what happened? What's that whole story with ACDC? With he ACDC? Off shirt? No, no I, one of their members died of Alzheimer's, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, just See, recently. Just, uh, so thank God I don't know all their history. That's, yeah, that's one of I'm the saying. Youngs, right? Malcolm yeah, Young yeah. just, yeah, but just he, passed away. You, hey, but you want to talk about cool Bon Scott yeah. died on his own vomit, okay? Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> that, ACDC, give me a, correct? Give, give me a rapper that can do that, son. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't die on their own puke. They just drink too much uh, scissor up. I was going to say, we we don't want to talk about how rappers get killed sometimes. I mean, yeah. we, that's getting into a whole other issue. So do you mostly listen to hip-hop? I mean... I, I listen to some throwback stuff. I mean, ACDC, I can say I honestly just do not like ACDC. Right. That's probably... And that, so is the fact it, that that was who that was... Does that kind of tie in together because of the bad experience not being able to go? Is it kind or of you just a don't sour like grapes them? thing, maybe? I don't know. Well, first off, why didn't... What a... I don't know. I don't get that right. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but no, I just maybe I don't. Know. I just never. Really, I didn't really like them then, but you know, like I said, well, it'd be kind of cool to go to a concert, and I just never have. And but here's a classic screw up. Uh, okay, story about my pops number two. He's been cracking me up this week. So so this was right before Prince died. Uh, he was coming into like DTE or one of those, you know, right. uh, one of the venues in Michigan. And this was a month before Prince died. My dad decided not to. You and Bart, you mentioned earlier, how he used to call in all the time with about you know putting uh, Prince on the radio. He decided not to go because the tickets were too expensive at two hundred dollars a piece. Yikes! Yeah, but that is crazy. I mean, that price for a ticket, you 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 know, think about that. See, $200, that's like one less piece of lawn care equipment that he buys. That's all he buys. <laughs> lawn, you know, maybe not get that lawn care equipment this year and go see your favorite artist a month before he dies. Well, that's a good segue for me right here, and I don't know what you guys think about this and the, and the cost of entertainment nowadays. You know, my, my classic story that I had a chance to see Led Zeppelin, okay, back in 1977. Uh-huh. I, and this is back in the days where you waited in line to buy tickets, and in March, the concert was in april and in march down at pontiac you, you we went the night before it was freezing cold weather we camped out alongside the fence watched fights and you know people were partying all night long and then the morning they decided to open up one of the ticket booths two hours before the scheduled time so then it's a mad rush to people to get the up. night of the show you're buying them at the box not office. the night of the show it was like a month before the show oh gotcha okay it was a pre-sale and you had to buy them in person in those times. Right. So the, it was a mad rush to the ticket counter. Everybody's packed in like sardines, shoulders to shoulders. It's it's like 20 degrees outside. You got this haze hanging over everybody's head. What you would know, that be? The fog. It's the fog of their breath. Oh, it's the fog. You okay. couldn't even breathe. Yeah, the fog. Right. You, it probably didn't That's what I you. called it. <laughs> Probably didn't bother you too much, wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink is right. But here's what I was going to point out about it. It was quite an experience for sure. There was, uh, you know, 77,000 people at the Silver Dome to watch the show. $10.50 to get in. $10.50. Now, if you do the inflation factor, Led Zeppelin, one of the greatest groups of all time, and you got a chance to see the concert for 10 bucks, that, that would calculate to be like $45 in today's money. Still that, a steal. Still a steal. And then we're talking now about 200 bucks to see Prince. Yeah, I agree with you. That's the going rate. And, you know, unfortunately, the way I look at it, that's what you got to shell out for entertainment nowadays. Well, the problem, I, I, I don't have a problem spending money for concert tickets, but I have a problem for the service fees that I have to pay oh, yeah. on top of that. Right. You know, because I remember, you know, like you said, you, you could go to the box office and buy these. I remember going to uh, the mall, Hudson's. pennies, Hudson's. That's you what go it was. to Hudson's or heck, Rockerola Records right downtown, right around the corner from the radio station back in the day. You could go there and get some tickets. I, we got tickets for George Thorogood at yeah. the IMA over there. You know, right. you could get. But the service fees have become ungodly, and the corporations now. That's why you can only see a concert. In Detroit, you can't go to Wings Stadium in Kalamazoo or Saginaw, or yeah, the IMA, or uh, used to be Wendler Arena in right. Saginaw, places like that. And, and you sure as heck aren't going to have a Sherwood Forest. 
Right. This whole time, there's been so many names flying over my head, these uh, venues, these bands. But I, there, for some reason, this one has just stuck in my head. This is just an absolute fire name. The The Dead Kennedys. What, what's their story? What, <laughs> are they a group, punk rock right? band group? Yeah, man. You got to check them out. Alternative Tentacles is the name of the uh, the record label. Jello Biafra. I mean, those guys were <laughs> legendary. Uh, how much how, how much are we allowed to say? There's you no can FCC. say whatever you want. There's no... Uh, you know, like there's their big song, Nazi Punk's off you know that was one of their big ones holiday in cambodia um and another band that they kind of discovered who was actually from mason and it was uh one of the guys that was part of the big dart family in mason oh yeah doc oh, dart. there's big money over there yeah well doc dart yeah uh had a band called the crucifix wow and they played at uh they they, they used to play over in the north end of flint and right. they actually opened up for the dead kennedys you know i saw suicidal tendencies probably the coolest thing was uh Getting to see Black Flag because we're standing out in the parking lot, uh, doing standing out in the parking lot kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> Henry Rollins comes up and starts talking to us. and uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what are you guys doing, man? Well, you shouldn't be doing that kind of standing around in the parking lot kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I just have a question. should be it wasn't, No, Henry was, was, was uh, almost straight edge, you know. And yeah. Speaking of straight edge, you know, like Minor Threat came through Flint. That was a little bit before my time, but I did get to see fugazi and you know all kinds of these bands that played over on the north end and bands that played over at the capitol theater in flint you know i'm with jared a little bit on this so some of these groups you're kicking out there man i've never heard of <laughs> that was hardcore man. <laughs> yeah, i guess so well that was, that was you know this was back in you know the, the hardcore <laughs> days and you, you know and the cool thing about it was you had to go to wyatt earp records oh yeah and look up on the bulletin board to find out what bands were coming. Okay. You know, that was the only way you really found out anything yeah. was either that or listening to the, uh, there was a, you guys, you remember Ben Hamper? Yeah. Okay, Ben Hamper no. used to do a show on uh, WFUM, uh, the uh, U of M uh, radio station. And that was really the only way you'd find out about a punk show was by either listening to that radio show or going to Wyatt Earp Records. Ben was... Big uh, big buddies with uh, Michael Moore. He was on TV all right. Nation and all that stuff. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you guys, you guys have been talking a lot about you know uh, punk rock and rock. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to a concert that wasn't that genre? Because I know for me personally, I was like trying to think of like what concert I would want to go see. If Hootie and the Blowfish ever go on tour together, I, I will be there, regardless of price, regardless of where it is. There's, that band is electric, as Ted likes to note that I say. That. I do say that a lot. But Matt, I just I remember you tweeted. You said that you your first concert was something that we would never guess, and I kind of just wanted to, t- to throw this out on a dartboard. Uh, was it Backstreet Boys? <laughs> Jack Strap threw that out there too, and you know I, I, that that's a good guess because back back in the day when I started going to concerts, they were pretty big, and I definitely highlighted my hair all the time. So, <laughs> so Backstreet Boys probably would have been a good guess, but but no, the first concert, like the first legit concert that I ever went to, I was in second grade, went to see the Beach Boys. Nice. It was so cool. I mean, I grew up like my, my parents, like I said, they listened to that music, so I, I knew who the Beach Boys were. I was in second grade, so I didn't really, like, grasp the whole concept of, like, going to a concert. But I remember loving it. Like, I was jumping up and down in my seat, and it was on a school night. So, like, that was the coolest thing ever, going to see the Beach Boys as a second grader. But, no, I went and saw it. I think I was in 11th grade. I went and saw Lincoln Park uh, with a bunch of friends. That was an awesome show. Um, I saw a bunch of other concerts in between then and, and now. But uh, Bob Seger, he, his last summer, he was... It was supposed to be his last tour. One of his shows was going to be down here in, in South Carolina. So you guys were talking about expensive ticket prices. Bob Seger's tickets aren't cheap anymore, but it was one of those things that my wife and I were like, all right, you know, we got we to gotta splurge. We got to buy some good tickets right. because this might be the last time we get to see him. And of course, the week before... He was supposed to be down here in South Carolina. He hurt his back. Canceled. Ended up having to postpone the show. So we're still on standby. He's going to re- reschedule these tours. So that that's the next big concert that, that I'm going to go to. And I'm pumped. Yeah, you got to go, you know, with, with these legends – if they're going out, it might be the last time. Like, I've got a buddy of mine at work, and his cousin mm-hmm. is Tom Petty's widow. Oh, wow. And he went down to the show down in Columbus, and then he went down to the show in, at uh, Pine Knob. And 
I've seen Tom Petty probably three or four times, but, you know, it just kills me that I didn't go to that show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of was talked into it. My my top concerts, you know, and, and the last one was Paul McCartney. I, a guy I work with says, hey, man, you probably ought to go see McCartney because he may not be back around again. Right. And I had never seen him. And these, these old-time pros, they know how to put on a show still. And Paul McCartney was one of the greatest concerts I think I've ever seen. You know, I would say the top concerts that I attend, of course, Zeppelin, Queen put on a great show back in the day. Bruce Springsteen's phenomenal. Had a chance to see the Eagles, you know, uh, before the death. And that, and that was awesome. And the Rolling Stones, you know, I saw the Rolling Stones at the Silver Dome. Now, back to your question, Jared. I did see a group. This is going to crack you up. I saw new kids on the block. Not because I wanted to. I was taking my daughter. Oh, yeah. Here, here's the excuses. No, I'm not kidding. But, you know, what was funny about that concert, guys, you know, they were these uh, teeny bopper heartthrobs, right? And it was down at Joe Lewis Arena, and my sister took her daughter, and I took Jessica. And when we went to the concert, you know, you could see them down on the stage, but you think you could hear any music whatsoever. It was kind of like Beatlemania because all these little kids were just screaming the, the whole time, the huh? entire time. It was just it was just piercing. You could not hear the music. It was crazy. But wow, that's my story on uh, your generation, Jared. <laughs> the new kid. That's like Matt's generation. <laughs> Matt's probably been to a new kids on the block concert. I haven't. I haven't seen NKOTB, but uh, my sisters definitely had the big old, the big pins and, and shirts and posters and stuff like that. But no, it, you guys are talking about all those classic bands and happen to see them. My parents actually, they still go go to a lot of concerts. They still Grand Funk Railroad, Peter Frampton, Jay Giles Band, Carlos Santana. They still go see a lot of these people because that's what they say. Like, I mean, that's who they grew up listening to and going to see. Uh, like through the 70s and, and early 80s but um i don't it's just like when i hear their stories and hear that they're still going to see these these classic rock bands that are still still sounding really good it's just so much cooler because i mean i've seen some pretty cool bands chili peppers Foo fighters and some other bands like that which, which is put on great shows and it's really cool it just the classic rock just seems so much cooler than than like the music of today i don't know what it is but like i mean i've, I've been to some rap concerts too I don't know, like the music of today, I'm trying to like make myself sound old or anything, but it just, I don't think it's going to like last as long as classic rock has. Well, I don't know. I've, everyone's looking at me for my comment here. There's not much to say here. What you, I would say, what's your generation, like, uh, Kurt Cobain and that whole weird, uh, what's that called? Like grunge cl- rock. Yeah, grunge. That's, that's what you got to hang your hat on. So see how long that lasts. If you're talking Kurt Cobain, he's looked at as one of the best musicians of all time. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Nirvana, Pearl Jam. That's like the whole JFK. You know, you get you get assassinated or or you kill yourself, you die tragically. Automatically, people remember you way better. I think that was part of it. But no, man, Nirvana. They like Nirvana and a a few other bands too. But they they changed the game. They brought in grunge music. Music and I mean, they changed the culture of music there for a little bit to go from that weird like '90s with the big hair and like all that weird pop 90s damn yankees and rock set and stuff like that i mean nirvana they, they came in and with some other bands too and really really changed things up big time no doubt about it big time you know and you know getting into the, the hip-hop thing I, you know and i don't listen to a whole lot of it like i used to when i was a kid but you think about what hip-hop are, uh, that's being made right now are people going to listen to 25 years from now run dmc public enemy nwa stuff from the 80s people probably still listen to but i think a a lot of people still look at that as being kind of dated at the same time, don't they? Well, I get, just off the top of my head, listening to Prince's music at the time, do you think you kind of would have had the same belief? Like, who the heck is going to listen to this in 25 years? Well, I don't. Well, here, here's your opportunity. And who's going to listen to it? I'm going to listen out, to it in 25 out, years. Because I was going to ask, you know, maybe a handful of your favorite songs. Now, you're the young buck. You're the young generation. Who do you think? Who Put your crystal ball, look into it, and tell us. Who are we going to be listening to twenty years down the road? Out of the group that's out there now, uh, for sure, Drake. Okay, I don't. Does, do you, does that name? He's, do you think Drake's got longevity? He does. He well, he's just he's got so he know he's he's got pop, he's got rap. He can go into so does many he different have longevity areas. I think. I, okay. Who doesn't? How about somebody like Pharrell? Is he legit? I, no, I no. don't know. I don't know how he became like happy. Is that like his only hit song? Well, <laughs> you got to remember though that Pharrell is more of a producer and a writer yeah, too. Exactly, I mean, yeah. he was big with Nerd, yeah. the rap group that he performed with. Nerd is where he got in. But who else? Who else? Long, 
I, Drake. There's Kendrick Lamar, Drake, um, Kanye West. I think those guys are going to last. Kanye West has already lasted for. I I don't really. I'm not a big fan of Kanye West's new stuff, but the music of Kanye that is probably the best is the stuff that was like it's now it's like 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Late registration you know? is one of my top five. That's a fire album. But you mentioned longevity. He's literally like longevity described. His latest album is like a living album, so he can change it whenever. It's never <laughs> over. So maybe he beat you to the punch. That's there just you. over my head. That's all that is. Living album. It's, it's, Can it's I get that wild. on vinyl? Because I just got a record player for Christmas. Yeah. I think that's where everything's going, though. He just he. Re- I think he's inventive enough. I mean, just recently, you're thinking about it. He decided to sit, you know, sort of kind of funny, like a god position, like above the concert, where he was like on a platform above everybody. That's just a simple thing. Everyone can see you ten times better. I've never been to a concert. Would it, would that increase? sight lines for you to have i don't know led zeppelin when you were three thousand miles away raised up a little bit oh yeah yeah Without so just, that's just an example of I, that's that's showmanship that's showmanship. not music <laughs> that's just him he's out of the box thinker he's gonna find a way to be relevant in 20 years that's what i'm saying do you really think so though because the reason i'm asking is uh, you look at the sugar hill gang okay the who exactly <laughs> You know, and you listen to that, and it's so dated compared to the, what what what's going on in rap right now. You know, even like Run DMC or somebody like that is kind of dated compared yeah. to what's going on now. How about somebody like Jay Z? That's like sort of Matt's generation. I think yeah. Jay Z, though. I think I think he's one of them that people will be listening to. I think Tupac. Uh, the you look at. I'm a Will Smith fan myself. Like, you well, look at the guys that 15, uh, 20 years ago, uh, Wu-Tang Clan, people still listen to them. Yeah. People still listen to Public Enemy. People still listen to some of that stuff. But, I, you know, Kanye West, possibly, Kendrick Lamar, possibly. But I just think the industry is so different now that it doesn't promote longevity either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with the, the like Twitter and everything, that that could make it a lot harder. Where that's true. You don't have this little stack of vinyls that you just got to keep listening to because that's all you got. Right. Well, I am kind of stuck in the past, and you know, let, let's just throw out a few songs here before we wrap up. You know, my favorite songs probably of all time, "Cashmere" by Led Zeppelin. I, and I know you guys might dog on me. I saw something on Twitter recently, "Bohemian Rhapsody." I think that's an awesome song myself. Classic song. Absolutely, uh, Billy Joel. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. That's You'll, a song. That's a song. Yes. I uh, notice you're going with all the all the long five, six, seven Kyle, minute yeah, songs. Of course, getting the most bang for your buck out of the jukebox. You know what? Uh, the Beatles, A Day in the Life. The Eagles, Hotel California, and uh, back to Bob Seger, Turn the Page, classic song. How about you guys? What what kind of tunes do you guys like? My number one song right now, this is, you have no idea what it is. You, you might appreciate the name. Maybe this is too, like, hip and lingo of a term, but uh, Kush on the Yacht. Kush on the Yacht. <laughs> That's the name of a song. That's the name of a song. It, Actually, so I saw someone talking about that today on Twitter. I almost listened to it, but I was like, I'm not going to spend three minutes of my life, life listening to this. It's fire. I check it out. It's fire. Young doll. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. for some Kush. I don't know if I want to <laughs> get Kush on the Yacht. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the best time, man. If you're on a freaking yacht, anything you do on a yacht, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's better. True. That's <laughs> you true. can't go wrong. Yeah. Is that why that Lonely Island song, I'm on a boat? Is that why that was such a big Yeah, hit? exactly. That was a classic song as well. What, what do you think? What's your favorite song, Matt? I, it's hard for me to say favorite song because I, I think part of this is like, you kind of end up, I don't know if it's like when you get older or whatever, but you, you go back to the music that you grew up listening to. Like when I try to listen to current stuff or try and like keep up with it or whatever, I just, I always just go back to the stuff that I grew up listening to, the stuff that I know. Um, so I don't know. It's hard for me, even like with hip hop, I just always go back to the stuff that I grew up listening to. Even though I try to get into today's hip hop, I just, there's a, there's a few dudes I like, but it's hard for me to really get into it. But um, I don't know, like my favorite song, it, it, I can't really pinpoint. It just depends on, depends on what's going on. No, you have to say, what's your favorite song? And don't be politically correct and say like Bob Seger. What's Bob your favorite? song honestly like eminem probably has a couple couple tracks that i would probably say are my favorite song uh like forgot about dre might be one of my favorite songs whenever that comes on i like have to stop what i'm doing and like just rap the whole thing um like if i'm just going off the top of my head he he was one of my favorite artists when i was growing up so a few of his tracks probably are some of my favorites now jared you're not a big eminem fan are you no, I like Eminem. Yeah. His new album, absolutely okay. terrible. But well, I like Eminem before that. Yeah, he's he's kind of a a genius in my viewpoint. Yeah, I, would you say that Eminem's music is going to last twenty five years? Yeah, well, his, some of his are, uh, earlier stuff for sure. Yeah. 
without a doubt. I think it's the type of thing like if you if you appreciate, I guess, like if you appreciate the art, because like if you if you actually like rap, I mean, if you can get past, you know, some people just can't handle like the lyrics or you know some of the things that that they're talking about. He was he's a genius uh, lyrically, so like if you can appreciate that, his music will definitely last. How about you, Bart? As far as Favorite, favorite songs. songs, yeah. You got any you can throw out there? Or are they all so, obscure? You know, it's so tough because, you know, being DJ forever and ah, playing that's all true. this kind of stuff. But I guess I, I'll make it easy and just say, what's my favorite song off of my favorite album? Okay. So I would have to say, uh, And Your Bird Can Sing by The Beatles, just because I love that song. And, and I think Revolver's the greatest album of all time. So easy enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Either that or... Knowing Me, Knowing You by the Swedish supergroup ABBA. <laughs> that's a good. That's a damn good song too, Ted. Don't be don't be giggling. That's not bad. <laughs> you know, someone who wasn't brought up, and I can definitely bring it up. Justin Timberlake is one of my favorite artists. I thought about bringing him up. Twenty twenty experience. If I could go back in time and be a, uh, go to one of those concerts. That would be probably my number one top of the list. Oh, man, I would still go to concerts. The one before that, Future Sex Love Songs. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. I could listen to that one front to back any time. So he's definitely an artist. I think that'll last. I almost saw NSYNC. Uh, I took my daughter down to Comerica Park and sat outside with the other old parents while she went in with her girlfriend. (laughs) I could hear them. You're you're looking for the scalper though, weren't you? Oh, I yeah. can hear him. Come on, I need two. That's the classic. They didn't want you to come in. Without they wouldn't allow that. me yeah. in. I was too old. Okay, guys, I think that'll do it for now. I do want to remind our listeners we do have some MHSAA March Magic basketball coming up on Z ninety two five starting on Monday night, March fifth. We have Chesanine taking on Perry seven o'clock, and we had a doubleheader Wednesday, March seventh. Duran taking on the Chesanine Perry winner at six o'clock, seven thirty. Corona and Ovid. And then we have the Class B District Championship game from Ovid Elsie coming up Friday, March 9th. As we always say, share this pod with your friends. Give us your feedback. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Z92.5 Sports Guy. Matt, you're at? Burn Z381. And Jared? Uh, at Jared Patel. And Bart, have you figured out how to use it yet? <laughs> I'm just at the deal zone. They're at the deal zone. <laughs> also, uh, you can email truck us. Month. It's truck month. <laughs> it's truck month. <laughs> <laughs> email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. And again, I want to thanks thank our sponsors, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Z92.5 The Castle. And thank you, Bart, for coming and joining. It's hey, been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. This was cool. Next week, we'll have former Owasso High standout athlete Eric Cameron joining us here on the program. And just a reminder, this has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Until next time, thanks for listening to Three Point Podcast.